Hi and welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. So this podcast is all about inspiring you, motivating you, pushing you on to achieve more in your life, whether that's in business, property, your health and fitness, your personal life, every part of your life. This podcast hopefully will help you achieve more, do more and get to where you want to be. So just before the episode starts, I have just launched a new website called terryblackburnproperty.com. On there, I've got all of the services that I offer. So one-to-one coaching in business, property, time management, goal setting, sales, persuasion, loads of different things on there. I've got some online courses, some one-to-one coaching courses as well. So please have a look on there. Really appreciate your support. And if you want to get involved and you want some more specific help from me, you want some more one-to-one coaching and, and assistance from me to help you to get to where you want to be, it's all on there also got a couple of books on amazon and audible the be a lion which has won multiple awards worldwide now and the power of peas is the new one all about the different p words profit power perspective purpose etc i hope you'll really enjoy one last thing from me if you enjoy these podcasts and you benefit from them you learn from them all i ask is that you share it with your friends and family or someone who you think the episode is relevant to you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that would massively help. The more shares we get, the bigger guests I can get on the podcast, the more people we can help and the more I can grow the show. So thank you so much. Get in touch if you like what you're listening to and don't just take notes, take action. Today, I'm joined by a brand new guest to the show. He is a business and property expert and investor, an online coach with over a 10 million portfolio, and he is a podcast host himself. Welcome to the show, Mr. Terry Blackburn. (laughs) Thank you very much. Appreciate the nice intro. Yeah, glad to be on the show. Looking forward to it. Mate, really looking forward to getting stuck in. Now, I said to you before the show started, money and finances is definitely not what this show is about right but to get to a position that you're in over 10,000 followers on Instagram a a portfolio of over 10 million quid shows that you must have put 100% effort into where you are in your life right now but where did it all start for you um thanks for that i appreciate it um so yeah where did it all start so um if you want to go right back childhood was pretty pretty am i allowed to swear on this podcast yeah of course mate swear yeah, all you like yeah pretty shit yeah so i uh, didn't have nothing growing up no money growing up no silver spoon i grew up in a, a block of flats in newcastle um and even at that age weirdly i used to say to people that i was going to be a millionaire that i was going to make something of myself everyone took the make everyone laughed everyone said i'll never do that for some reason i I was really interested in money from an early age and i was really just in not that i really knew back then what money was or what business was about i just knew i was going to do something um so yeah that's where it kind of started Bumbled through school, failed everything. I went to be a builder straight from school. Um, hated it. I can't hang pick. I was a joiner. I can't hang pictures in my own house. Never mind hanging doors. So that gives you an idea of how good of a builder that I was. Um, so yeah, d- done that. I just hated every minute of it. And you used to tell people I was being a millionaire, and they all laughed. They all used to say, "Yeah, yeah, Terry, you'll be." You'll be on the building sites just like we are in 50 years' time. And they all had dodgy necks, dodgy backs, metal elbows, and like all sorts of mad stuff. They were just because building, unfortunately, it takes its toll on your body. And I didn't want to get to that position. I didn't want to be a wreck when I was older because your health is is everything. Um, and then I got made redundant and I blagged my way into a sales job um selling life insurance and then from that I, I just knew within two weeks I sold my tools my building tools because I knew this was it I could use my voice my personality uh, to sell products and services and make good money I made decent even at age 19 I was at this point I was making good money at age 19 um you know 80 90 grand in the northeast at age 19 was was, was pretty shit hot at the time then that developed into property and setting up multiple businesses across different industries. And then fast forward to today, it's kind of a bit mad how, how I've got to where I am. But talking about the 100% thing, everything that I do, I'm 100% in, whether that's health and fitness, my relationship, being a dad, building businesses, 
buying property, raising money, all of that, you've got to give 100% because you're not going to really achieve the highest highs if you don't. So that's that's a quick uh, overview anyway of how I got to today. Yeah, I love it. I want to take you back all the way to the start and ask how you knew, looking back, that you had an interest in money early. What was the telltale signs that it was a big thing for you back then? Um, I wrote this in the book, actually, because I, I, it's quite hard to remember that that long ago. I mean, I'm only 34, but it, I, I struggle to remember a few years back sometimes on certain things. But I remember as a kid... Um, because we didn't have anything, we didn't have any money like growing up, it was, you know, not really like the poorest of the poor, we weren't homeless or anything, but we lived in a flat, we didn't have much money at all. And I remember like other kids at school had better coats, better shoes, like when we got back from the six weeks holidays, they had, they'd been on nice holidays, I hadn't. So I understood that I didn't have the same things other people had. I didn't know why, because you don't as a kid, right? I, I, I just... I remember that. And then I remember my mom set up a business when like a recruitment agency when I was, I don't know, maybe 10-ish. And she done really well, started to earn good money, but then she lost it all. Uh, a business had to go bankrupt. So I kind of experienced having nothing, then having something, and then having nothing again. And I think that sparked my interest is like, right, okay, so I don't want to go through this when I'm older. So I need to make sure that I've got money. And then that sparked me interest in, right, how do you make a lot of money? It's not normally being employed by working for somebody else. It's normally setting up a business. It's doing that. That sparked my interest. Then I started to, I didn't read any books or listen to any podcasts. I mean, podcasts weren't even around or, or any audio books. I didn't do that until I was probably 18, 19. So I was just always curious about money, asking people who, who were in business, asking me, mom, right, tell us about how your business worked. How did you make money? How much did you make? How can you do I, I was just really curious and interested in money. I think from experience and the nothing to something to nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. As well as that, obviously within life, you have two choices, right? You either let your circumstances lead you. So obviously not having much opportunity, going from not having anything to having something then not having something. Mm -hmm. But being on the poorer end of the spectrum in Newcastle could have led you to thinking that was how your life was going to be. But you chose not to let that define you. Do you know where that came from within you as well? Was there like what were your influences when you were younger? Um, I mean, my dad wasn't around until I was 14, 15. Like I didn't really see much of him at all. So I didn't really have a father figure. I had a stepdad. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know. Um I didn't really have like, any guidance. Nobody really sat us down and explained how things worked. I didn't have a mentor. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really have any guidance. I got guidance when I when I got into sales because I was young, because I was 19, selling life insurance in financial services, an industry that's dominated by like 40 and 50-year-olds. Some of them took me under the wing a little bit. Um because I was so young and because I was really keen and enthusiastic and they kind of helped me at that point for sure. Um, and I've got, still got mentors now. I've, 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 I coach people, but I'm coached. I've got two coaches, a business and a property coach um, because I, I always believe in learning. And I believe that there's no matter what stage you're at, there's people who are doing more than you and people who know more than you. So um there was nobody really in the in the early days who guided us or inspired us. Um, but certainly as I developed in my career, there was. What was the moment you realised that life was made for you to continually learn? Obviously, when you look at you on the face of it, spoken about it already, really good portfolio, really successful already, but still not stopping. <laughs> There's still more. You still want to grow the personal brand. You still want to learn more from other mentors people that are still a step ahead of you where does that come from um I'm just never really satisfied and I think that, like with goals if you relate that to goals nearly every goal that I've ever achieved let's say one of, my, one of my first property goals was 10 properties but before I got a 10 when I think I was on eight I'd already moved it to 20 so I, I always move the goalpost before you achieve the goal um, and I don't know why I'm like that. I, I understand that that's not the norm. I understand most people aren't like that. 
Um, but I've just got this, maybe it's from having nothing and then having something, then losing it again. I've still maybe motivated a little bit by fear of losing it. So if I keep going and keep pushing and keep growing and keep buying things and keep growing the team and growing the assets and earning more money and, and I've every single year I've earned more money from age 19 to now, every year it gets better. Um, maybe that's coming from a place of I don't want to lose it and I need to protect myself a little bit. Um, or some people I think have just got that drive in them. Like look at a lot of sports stars, like they don't just want to win one trophy, they want to win five or 10 or whatever it is. There's just a constant want and need for improvement. Maybe it's a little bit of, um, I, I want the recognition. Maybe I want to prove myself still, although there's nothing really to prove, but I suppose that's only dependent upon who you're trying to impress, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I feel, I still feel like I've got to prove myself and, and, and I don't want to change that because it drives us. Right. So, so it's, it's maybe it's a bit of that. I think it's really interesting, isn't it? Because especially within the mindset and growth spec, which we'll talk about more, I'm sure, on this episode, there mm. is an element of the industry that says that all of these goals that you set yourself should only be from an intrin intrinsic motivation. So like running mm. an ultra, it should only be because you want to do it. But also there's something healthy about proving to other people that you can do that. And if that, if by proving to other people that you can do that. So for me, just a little quick story for the podcast today, I used to be mm. 23 stone and I'm where I'm at now and have wow. just literally this morning signed up to run an ultra marathon. So a goal mm. that is, or was way out of, it's way out of my comfort zone still, but it's going to, like I would like to say, unless something drastic happens, injury, like something drastic, I'll get to the finish line, whatever happens, right? So, but in my head, I'm like, I really want to do that. But also like the people that have followed me along the way and my journey, family, friends, people that have just started following me on Instagram. It's really nice for me to be able to prove that I'm practicing what I preach, right? And that must be a little bit of this, the same for you as well, right? It's all intrinsic. But of course, continually improving is is good for you because you're proving to your clients, potential clients, followers, that you're still on this journey of growth. Definitely. I, I think that's a really good point. Wanting to prove yourself is, is some people say that that's a negative thing and you shouldn't want to do that. You should only want to do it for you. And that's true to a, to a degree, mm. and you should still want to do it for you, but you also sh should want to do it for other reasons, either prove yourself or prove to your following or gain followers or um, improve your personal brand or prove to your, sp your partner, prove to your kids, lead by example, prove to your staff. Like there's, there's lots of reasons to do things, and it shouldn't just be because you love it, because there's things that I do on a daily basis that I don't love, but I do them because I need to do them and they have to be done. Um. And there's something that sprung to mind when you said that there, which I definitely do. And I heard someone talk about this on a podcast a while back. I can't remember who. A phrase called gamification. So gamify, make a game of certain things. And for me, business and property is a bit of a game. And not in a negative way. Not that I take it lightly in that type of game. But it is a game in terms of how big can this become? How much can I push myself? But if you mean, that's why you'll know losing that much weight that's why 30 day challenges, 60 day challenges, 90 day challenges work because it's a game. There's a, there's a period of time where you have to do something or train for something. And that normally makes you achieve it more. So if you gamify things, and I, st I still do that now, a goal is a bit of a game, right? How many properties could I buy this year? How much money could I make? How big could the businesses get? What could the turnover of property be? It is a little bit of a game. And yeah. if, you, if you think of it like that, it does motivate you. It gives you a deadline and you have multiple reasons to do it. And maybe it's competitiveness comes into that yeah. as a game. It, it, that's why sports people, a lot of sports people typically do well in business because it's a bit of a game. Yeah. yeah I was speaking on uh, the most recent podcast I did actually about Michael Jordan, who has gone from being one of the greatest sports athletes of all time to now being one of the greatest sports investors of all time. I don't know if you've seen what he's done. He's he invested in a basketball team 12 years ago, and it's now sold for a record profit margin within the NBA. 
And like, you just I mean, think, geez, how, how can a guy get it so right? Like he had all of the genes and all of the talent to be the greatest of all time in his, in his sport. And now he's gone like 12 years later to be, and, and have made the most amount of money on selling a sports team in NBA history, which is incredible. And I think it just goes to show when you've got that, like he's got an elite mindset. There's no question about it. You, you've only got to see that from the last mm-hmm. dance. He makes throwing paper in a bin the biggest competition yeah. of all time, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. which just shows the point that you're trying to make. Gamifying situations can just, if needed, maybe get five, 10% extra out of you. And when we're talking about the 100% podcast, this is kind of the point that I try to make. No matter where you're at, you probably can give a little bit more. David Goggins says it as well, doesn't he? He's, he says uh, when he's running or when he's speaking to people about running, if you ask yourself, can you run one more meter? Can you take one more step? 99% of the time, the answer is yes. And if you just do that continuously, you'll get to where you're your distances or your final location is at the end but terry i'll take it back to you mate the uh the question i had coming up now is obviously it's all very well and good us focusing on all of the stuff that you've done to get to get you where you are today but there's no way that you've made all of this money bought all of these properties got to where you are within business and coaching and all those sorts of things without a few setbacks along the way can you tell us about what you've come up against that you've struggled with yeah, I mean, personal stuff in terms of, you know, I've got I've got four kids and I'm not with the mum of, of two of them. And, and part of that that relationship breaking down was because I was working too much. You know, it was ultimately. Uh, and we're still we weren't right for each other is, is obviously one thing. But but yeah, I mean, working too much. A lot of young people fall into this trap, and I definitely did. You sacrifice your health, you sacrifice your relationships with your friends and your partner and your children just for the pursuit of money and the pursuit of success if you get really obsessed with it um I definitely fell into that trap and and what I would advise any young person any entrepreneur is you can have a balance all the way through I've got a great balance now and I'm doing much more in business than I've ever done you know there's there's over 10 companies I'm involved in you know there's over 100 staff there's loads of stuff going on I'm buying properties all the time I'm I've got four kids I still keep fit you know I've got businesses in different locations in the UK I don't even live in the northeast anymore and all my stuff's in the northeast so I've got loads of challenges all of the time um but my point on that one is you can have a balance on all of it um it shouldn't be one or the other it shouldn't be health and fitness or, or money you can have both but the relationship was definitely a setback because obviously I didn't see the kids as much as I wanted to, which was hard to deal with. Um, and, and, you know, there's setbacks in this. Anyone who thinks business is all rosy and it's all easy and it's because it's quite cool to be an entrepreneur now. Right? It seems that way on Instagram. Anyway, everyone's an entrepreneur or a CEO. Um, if you think there's going to be no setbacks along your journey, you, you're completely deluded. There's going to be loads and there's going to be regular. I get problems i deal with problems pretty much daily there's always some problem with some staff member or a guest in one of the hotels or something that happens in one of the airbnbs or you know a supplier there's always something going on um so in terms of setbacks the, the, the there's always setbacks happening um trying to think of anything major um been a couple of money setbacks like a couple of times where it's been close to the line and you know that that's very hard to deal with tell us what you mean Uh, by being close to the line mate so um because i'm very growth minded and i'm always trying to do the next thing the next thing the next thing there's been times where i have all of my cash out of all bank accounts is out in property deals so i'll buy property typically refurbish them and then either sell them or refinance them to get the money back sometimes you're talking half a million quid is out in deals and I'm I'm waiting for the money to come back and then you get hit with bills left, right and centre and the money's not there until you get the properties refinanced and pull that money back out but I've still got a shitload of staff to pay wages I'm responsible for a lot of people's livelihoods and that is very hard to deal with that's a different layer of pressure that you know when you when you think about you've got to pay someone else's wages so they can live 
and you haven't got the money, like that, that that's hard to deal with. Yeah. Um. So that's what I mean by close to the line. But that's that's self-inflicted. Those ones because I'm so focused on growing the businesses and investing, investing the money. So that just comes down to being financially organized and having a, a good accountant and being on top of your numbers, which I've learned that from that mistake for sure. Um, setbacks in terms of losing losing good staff. You know, there's been times where where good staff have left and they've left a hole in a business, and you've got to try and plug that hole and fill that gap, which is which is hard. Um, yes, main setbacks has been my personal life, to be quite honest. Is is relationships breaking down and 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 working too much? One thing that I've always done, which I think has helped me with setbacks, is keeping on top of my fitness. Um, I train. I haven't trained less than four days a week since I was probably 19. I, I just, for me personally, in my own mindset, if I don't train for probably three days in a row, I lose my shit a little bit. I don't know about you, but I, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. I, I feel like, and whether that's I'm imposing that belief on myself or it's true, I don't know. But I'm t- I, if I haven't trained for three days, the fourth day, normally happens on holiday this, when I haven't trained... <laughs> Um, I lose my shit a little bit and I don't think very well. I don't make decisions very well. I don't think logically. And I'm just a bit grumpy, to be honest with you. Um, so, so yeah, that that's that that's how I believe that I've avoided a lot of major setbacks because I kept my health right, which then in turn keeps your mind right. And then, then I can deal with any setback. So nothing that happens to me becomes really serious because my mind's right and I can deal with it. For me, um, when it's the lack of training, I just feel like everything subconsciously or consciously slows down a little bit. Like when you're when um, you're exercising, when you're moving, when you're getting your steps in, whether whether it be in the gym, on the treadmill, outside, whatever you're doing, that little bit of exercise just kind of like I don't know, it make, keeps your brain like the the cogs within it turning round. As soon as you start slowing down on your movement, on your exercise, those cogs start slowing down too. And then you're kind of walking and you're like thinking about things too much. I think I was I was in Rhodes uh, a week ago and did 10 days and every day was 15,000 steps. I managed to find this little Greek gym that was so outdated it was hilarious but it was it did the job and went for a run and jesus christ running in roads in 28 degrees was hard but i totally feel you on that one you said as well at the start that you managed to find you managed to find a way of staying on top of like being the family man being the businessman being the fit man being the best partner Mm. that you possibly can be like how do you find time to do it all yeah, I mean, it's one of the most common questions I get asked that, you know, is how do I do everything all at the same time? So the buying properties, there's hotels, bar, restaurant, coffee shop, there's buy to lets, there's HMOs, there's student accommodation, there's um, there's a glamping site, there's a letting agency, there's a building firm, there's loads of shit that I do, right? Um, alongside still keeping fit, alongside still being a good partner, having a happy and successful relationship, being a dad, looking after the kids, still being there for the kids, still going out with my mates as well, still keeping fit and eating well. And and that seems like a lot for a lot of people. And some people believe that they can't do all of that. Part of it's just belief, believing that you can, because there's definitely people who are achieving more than me in business and property and who are fitter than me and who have better relationships with me. There's definitely people like that, right? So if, if they can do it, and if there's other people who are living the life that you think you are, it is impossible to have. If they if they're doing it, then you can do it too. And then it comes down after that. Once the belief's there, it comes to it comes down to designing your life in such a way that you can do that. So what I mean by that is, I live from my diary, my to do list. So my diary is structured literally down to fifteen minute chunks all day, every day. So the first thing that I put in my diary is the gym. And the and the reason why it's first is if, if I'm not right, I'm not good in business, I'm not good in property, I'm not good at being a dad, and I'm not good at being a partner. So the first thing you have to put in your diary is time for you. And I think people get that wrong. Some people put work first and then fit the gym in when they can. The first thing that goes in my diary is the gym. And it's keeping fit. And then after that, it then, right, well, 
which businesses am I going to be working on in each day? Certain days are for certain businesses, certain are for other businesses. Every Tuesday we'll have date night, me and the missus. Um, I pick up the, I either take the kids to school or pick them up nearly every day. So I put that in the diary. I put time in for myself. If I just need some time off, I need to have a, a night away. If I'm going somewhere with the missus, we typically go and do something for a weekend or a week every quarter. So that always goes in the diary before work. So I'm just, I believe I can do it. And then you, with intention, you set your life up to be that certain way. Now, yes, if you're employed, that's going to be harder. But even if you're employed nine to five, you've got nine to five, you've got that block done. So then you need to go to the gym before or after that. And you need to make time for the kids before or after that. And your partner before or after that. And do you meet things like saving yourself time? I've seen people, you know, who I've coached, the we'll go through like a, a diary with them about what they do every week. So they document what they do first, and then we'll look at it. And within that week, half the time, the spending a couple of hours cleaning a week straight away you get a cleaner it's 12 quid an hour 15 quid an hour get a cleaner you get two hours back if you're spending an hour cooking your lunch get meal prep it's done for you if you um i don't know like people sit and watch netflix from 7 p.m till 10 p.m that's three hours wasted on crap tv when you could go to the gym yeah. You could have, have a meal with your partner. You could read your kids a bedtime story. Like, everyone's got time. Like, that Arnold Schwarzenegger clip is unreal. I don't know if you've seen it about um, where he just says sleep quicker. Like, you don't need 10 hours sleep and you don't need to be messing about watching TV every night. Like, what's more important, watching Game of Thrones or your fitness or your money situation? Like, for me, there's only one winner. So, I think how do I do everything at once? It's belief and then it's it's set, it's being shit hot with your diary and being very disciplined, very structured, turn your notifications off your phone. So if you're mid-task, you're doing a really important task, turn your notifications off or put your phone away from you so you're not distracted. Because we're all addicted to notifications, ping, 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 ping all the time on your phone, and you get distracted mid-task. When I'm doing the task, I'm doing the task. Nothing else is interrupting, I'm doing the task. Then when I've finished the task, I might want to look at my social media, I'll look at my WhatsApp, but not, not mid-task. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's how I do it anyway. Mate, I think it makes sense. And I think the one thing that like we have to be ca- not careful of, mindful of as coaches and people who are striving to continually grow, obviously you're a step ahead of me and you've got people a step ahead of you. And of course, there. no matter where you are, there's always people maybe a step behind you as well. It's about Definitely. changing that normality, right? So for some people, because of the environment they're in, they've not quite clicked on that it could be more productive to not watch the two, three hours of, of Netflix every night. But then maybe listening to this podcast or seeing something from another creator online gets that cog that we've spoken about a few times turning a little bit quicker in their brain going hold on a minute um i could have let's just say the finances are tight that month i could have sorted out and planned my finances better for the month rather than watching that extra episode of game of thrones or it could be hold on i'm not that i'm not as fit as i would like to be i've put on some body fat over the last couple months that hour of netflix that i'm wasting away here could be spent out in the summer evening weather taking in your vitamin d and also burning extra calories it could be starting that hobby that you've always wanted to do you know making yourself a little bit happy definitely. and i think what one thing that like i've definitely learned over the journey i've been on since 2015 is that the entertainment that i used to like when i was 21 18 to 21 compared to the entertainment that i like now is totally different in fact mate mm. It's to the extent now where I'll just out of old habit go to put Netflix on, put something on, put something on, and I'll be like, this ain't even grabbing my attention anymore. So I'll just mm. go on YouTube and put like a Joe Rogan clip on or like an Andrew Huberman cl- clip on, where I may not 
retain all of the information because there's only a certain amount of information you can retain in in a week if you ask me like that's just coming from my place but if I remember Mm. one positive thing from that clip or can pass on one positive thing from that clip or even if it's something interesting or funny that just gets me thinking a little bit more then that's better than just watching something that you're never going to get anything from you know what I mean Mm. definitely I'd say the same like I've got a short attention span when it comes to documentaries and no I love documentaries the Netflixy crap that that me missus wants to watch half the time my mind's somewhere else but if I watch a podcast of Joe Rogan or something I'm I'm dialed in yeah it's mad isn't it yeah and I do like I am I am obsessed with learning and I'm obsessed with well, podcasts as well as YouTube videos. I'd much rather watch that. And I've still got time to watch that alongside everything else that I do. So if, if my missus isn't in or she's at work and I've got, it's nine o'clock at night and I want to watch something, it will normally be something like that. So I'm kind of learning as well as, so I wouldn't class that as like like dead time. It's mm. dead time if you're watching Coronation Street or EastEnders. But, but doing something like that's actually helping you. And you normally pick up a couple of things like you rightly say, that might help you for the next month, might help you for the next 10 years if you pick up a certain thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but, but I've still got time to watch watch TV. But that, actually that's another point, which is certainly at the start, if you're getting into business and entrepreneurship, you have to you have to sacrifice more of the Netflixy type things that you do, more time with friends. You have to sacrifice a bit of that because you're on the real growth bit, you're on the growth phase. Then once you've once you've got to a certain stage and you've got like a, a PA and an ops manager and and you've got a team of people who are doing the work for you, then then you do get a little bit of your time back, and then you can use that time to either learn and develop or, or have time off or watch Netflix. You know, I'm not hating on Netflix that you know completely because I still watch it, but but it's not. I didn't years ago. There was there was a point where I didn't do it at all because I, I wanted to achieve what I wanted to achieve. So, um, but what I've got no sympathy for is when people say, I don't have time to go to the gym or I don't have time to do a side hustle alongside my employment. But they, these same people are then watching Netflix for four hours a night and they're getting up at nine o'clock um, and rushing to work. Do you know what I mean? That that's, that's a completely different point, I think. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that we've all, when you're in this space as well it's really easy for people to turn around and go oh you think you're fucking perfect you think you've got it all like everybody makes mistakes and also like when it comes to chill it like chilling out and resting I think that's one of the most important things especially from me as as a as a coach if somebody's telling if one of my clients is telling me that they're going for runs three times a week they're they're also in the gym four times a week I'm like whoa 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 like let's just take a step back here you're you're gonna burn yourself out and it's something actually I saw on your Instagram that you posted it was if you don't choose a day off for yourself then your body will and we've all been there and I've spoken about it on the podcast before when I'm when I'm tired it is when I'm at my mentally worst like in terms of miserable anxious like sad and I know that and and it's like sometimes it still happens, but I'm getting loads better at it, knowing the balance between rest and work, mm. rest and work, rest and work, getting it right. But what are the things that you do to make sure that you're well rested? Yeah, I mean, I must admit, uh, I didn't value sleep uh, that much until I had the youngest child. Uh, so, so my son is 11 months old. And whether it's I was a little bit older when I had him or not, but when we had him and he wasn't sleeping, it it, it really hit me when I wasn't getting... Because I've, I've typically only slept about six-ish hours, six, seven hours for years. And I functioned really, really well on that. And I was I had loads of energy on that level of sleep. But then the, the little baby came along and that six hours was then an hour up for 20 minutes, two hours, 20 So it was really broken. And I started to really realize how much your body needs sleep. And since he was born, now that he's sleeping through the night, thank God, um, I get a solid eight hours. And, and honestly, that the difference in me getting those extra two hours now compared to what I used to get 
is honestly I can't tell you how much and the way I think, the way I act, the the how productive. Although I've always been really productive, I'm even more productive now. I'm getting enough sleep. So I think this hustle culture that people have where you should work seven days and you should work all the time and you should graft every day, 15, 20 hour days. I think it's a one way path to, to destruction in, 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 in um, burnout. I really do. And I think it's so important. And anybody that's listening to this, I think just looking after yourself and getting enough rest, you don't think that you'll perform more and do more by having less rest. You'll actually do more by having more rest. For sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, agree. And what, what do I do? I still have the odd crash day. I must be honest. You know, I'm definitely not perfect. Some days I'm exhausted. Some days I'm tired. I always still go to the gym and I always still keep myself right. Four days a week I go to the gym. I couldn't do seven days. No chance. Um, I think you, you, you'll just burn out, especially if you try and do loads of businessy stuff and other stuff and be good in other parts of your life. Um, I still have a crash day at least once a month where I you know sometimes three o'clock four o'clock that's it not working tools down i'm just chilling i don't work weekends anymore um so that kind of refreshes me i haven't worked weekends for a good few years and i don't generally work past five o'clock um monday to friday so i feel like i get enough rest now um do a little bit of meditation every now and again if i feel quite overwhelmed and i feel just one of them days, you know, when you've got loads on and you just feel like, oh my God, I, I just don't even know my directions all over. I'm not, you like, sometimes just 10 minutes on that calm app, 10 minutes, just recharge, refresh, go for a walk, something like that. I just, I can reset myself a little bit. Um, and sometimes I know that, like, sometimes I know when my body needs carbs, as that as that sounds, I sometimes feel, because I definitely do a pretty low carb diet, but sometimes when I feel like I'm just a bit knackered, just have some carbs. It seems to perk me up. Yeah. And I seem to just feel a little bit better. Um, so that's what I do. Make sure I'm getting enough sleep, being self-aware enough to analyze or know when your body needs a crash day. You need to stop working. You need just to have a weekend off or a day off. And I have a holiday a quarter, generally. Um, and I think you'll achieve more <clears throat> in a 48-week year than a 52-week year. If you work 52 weeks, all week every you have no holidays i think you'll achieve less than if you had if you worked 48 weeks because when you have a week's holiday the week before the holiday you tend to do loads of work because yeah. you, you know you're away and then when you get back you're all refreshed and recharged and you do loads that week you're back so by having four weeks off i actually think it helps and you do more than if you worked every week so that's that's what i do anyway yeah definitely man in terms of like the the detail of your portfolio building then so we've spoken about you your mindset how you maintain the lifestyle that you've got all those sorts of things and we spoke briefly about the start of your journey when it you you jumped on the insu uh, insurance sales yeah and yeah, yeah. started making really good money at a young age where at what point did you change and go well i i want to become an entrepreneur, I want to work for myself. And how did that start for you? What was the first, when was the first time you bought a house? Um, so, so when I went in this, in the sales at 19, that was actually self-employed, believe it or not. That was self oh, okay. commission only sales. Can you imagine how hard that would have been wow, at 19? Yeah. Door knocking. Would you like to buy life insurance? I was getting told to piss off. Oh God, I was getting pushed out. I was getting, you know, some serious stick. So, it was self-employed and if I didn't sell anything, I didn't get paid. So that's kind of your own business anyway. And, and I always did really well on it. Don't get us wrong. But there was a point where I'd done that for about a year and a half for one company. I got headhunted for a different company, went to them again, self-employed, didn't sell, didn't earn. Um, so I was there for about four years before I set up my first business at age 24. Um, so I was kind of like, when you're in a business, if you don't sell your product or service, you don't get paid. So it was kind of the same. So I was kind of used to that. I was used to not having a salary anyway. Um, and then there became a point where I was making the company who I was I was selling the products for a fortune. And I thought, I can do this. I can do this myself. And I know I can. My belief was always high. You know, I was one of the top salespeople in the country at this point. Um, I just knew I could do it. So that's why I set up a business. And then 
I didn't know that I was going to make this much money. I didn't know it would go to millions and millions. I didn't know that. I believed I could do anything that I wanted to, that I put my mind to. But I just thought, let's just do it and see how big I can get. Um, so, so that was kind of how it all took off. I didn't like one day decide, right, I'm going to be a business owner. I was, I must admit, just chasing the money at the start. Um, and then, yeah, it developed and it just it grew and grew and grew and it got huge. Um, but before that, I was buying houses. I think I bought my first house at 21 um, because I was making good money from 19. And, and when you first come into money, I was like that, in the bars, you know, giving it the big and uh, thinking I was the man. But that's short ways off. You can only do that for a little bit. And then you kind of think, right, well, am I really going like, to waste all this money or am I going to actually do something with it? And as daft as it sounds, I, I used to like watching homes under the hammer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I was interested in property. So I kind of just thought, right, I'm going to buy a property. So I bought some really, really rough, terrible properties in terrible areas uh, at the start. Because I didn't know what I was doing. I lived, my first ever house I bought was 14 and a half grand. Fucking hell. Um, I know, mad. Um but then I had drug dealers in there. I had them getting broken into. I had loads of mad shit happen. Um, and yeah, I bought three properties of a similar value. I think it was 14 and a half, 16 and 17, something like that. And they were just all brutal. They were all terrible. Like, um, And I had loads of issues. And then I sold them and started to buy a little bit nicer ones, about 80 grand. And then it kind of just kept going and spiraling, getting into bigger and bigger stuff. Um, but yeah, it was 21. Wow. So yeah, yeah, and then it's went to, you know, the Airbnbs. The host got four hotels now, uh, glamping sites and bars and restaurants, and that again goes back to the very point. One of the gamification things. I'm making it a game. I, I want to keep doing new stuff and seeing if I can crack a new industry. If I can crack hotels, and then if I can crack bars and restaurants, and then if I can crack coaching, which I've, you know, I just want to tr keep trying the next thing. But I don't. I don't just jump into the next thing without without considering it, without watching loads of podcasts, watching loads of YouTube. Like I learn a lot about things first, and I, then I check the financials. Is it actually worth my time doing it? Am I interested in it? Would I enjoy it? Although sometimes you get it wrong. I think I'll enjoy it, and I don't. But then it's making a game of it. Right? Can I crack the next thing? Um, and then yeah, keep testing yourself, and then once you've done that one, the next one, and the next, thing, and you you keep going. Yeah, it sounds, I know it sounds stupid, but it's like, uh, I'm sure you've seen the games when you were younger, when you would like buy a property on, on the map and then you'd wait for the price to be at the right time and then you'd sell it and then you'd buy the next one up and then you'd wait for the price to be the right time yeah. and you'd sell it. And then eventually you'd buy the big fucking mansion in the middle of the town and complete the level and then you'd start again. It's yeah. literally like, I know it must be way more difficult than that, but it sounds that way, you know, it's almost it about... Is, yeah being patient, waiting for the right time, waiting for the, the market and stuff. Obviously for you, uh, speaking a little bit negatively about the financial market at the moment, is there any concern from your point of view in regards to interest rates and all those sorts of things? Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is there's money to be made in every market and there's never a wrong time to buy a, a property, but there is a wrong strategy to use at certain times. So for example, if you're buying a buy to let, so like a house for just a family to live in, if you're buying over 150, 150 grand at the moment, it's very hard to make a profit on that basis just because of the interest rates. But if you buy a six or seven bedroom HMO, so that's where you rent it to students to, or professionals where they rent it per room, those properties still stack. So even at high interest rates at six, seven, eight percent, they still make money. So there's never a wrong time to buy, or, or it's more the strategy that you're using. And yes, some of my properties aren't making as much money as they did two years ago each month. Some of them are. Some of them are making more because rents have went up. Um, but what you need to do is you need to take everything that you do seriously a hundred percent. You need to give them a hundred percent. So if you're into property, you need to give property a hundred percent of your energy not 100 of your time because you can do other stuff but 100 of your focus and energy and when you're doing it so so that means learning all of the strategies learning exactly what you should be doing and what you can be doing at certain times knowing what's going on with the economy knowing what's going on with interest rates having a finger on the pulse 
so you know what's going on because there will be people, some people have already been caught out. Some landlords are having to sell because they, they took the eye off the ball. And there will definitely be more because I don't think interest rates are coming down for at least a year. So, so yeah, it's about it's about having the right strategy and the right amount of knowledge um, to know what you're doing. I think that's that's where the professional property investors will win in this market. And the average and the amateur and the rookies that they're they're, they're probably going to get killed. Um, so yeah, that's but I, but I'm I don't apply any emotion to any business I'm involved in or any properties. There's just not emotion, it's logic. And when you look at things logically, like talking about fitness, if you look at, if you want to lose weight, the logic thing is that you eat less and you eat, clean your diet up and you exercise more. That's logic, right? But people emotionally buy stupid weight loss pills yeah. that, that think are going to work, right? That's an emotional, that's not logic. If you thought about it logically, you taking this pill is not going to give you a six pack, right? But they are emotionally focused on what they want. So they want the quick fix. But lot so if you just apply logic to all of your your day-to-day decision making, you'll 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 do better. And property is no different. Business or fitness is no different. Um yeah. What are the biggest tips you would give up and coming entrepreneurs, coaches, salespeople, whatever? In the, in the realms of sales then how do you make a good sale or how did you used to make a good sale sales. I love talking about sales I'm glad you brought this up sales honestly sales should be taught at school you know because if you think about it right so let's say you and your missus or you and your partner or um, you want to go to this restaurant and they want to go to this restaurant right so you both want to go to different restaurants whichever restaurant you go to the person has sold the other person. So if they go to a restaurant that you want, you've sold to your partner why you should go to that one. And if you go to the one that she wants, she's sold to you why you should go to this one. Everybody is selling all day, every day. With everything. The laptop that I'm looking at, the camera I'm looking at, I've bought this. Someone has sold me this. And yes, I might have went online and purchased it, but, but I've went on reviews and read a review that this one is better than that one. Everyone's in sales all of the time, right? The sooner you accept that, you shouldn't look down on salespeople. Salespeople have got a bad name because of like double glazing salespeople and, and car salespeople, right? Yeah, yeah. Because the pushy and all of that. But we're all in sales. That's the first thing you need to understand. The second thing you need to understand, the big, there's, I could talk about this all day long, but the main tips I would probably say is um, people buy people and people buy of people that they like and people buy of people who are the same as them. So you need to make yourself likable and if you are trying to sell to somebody, you sell a product or service to them. If, let's think of an analogy. So you're clearly in the sports, you're wearing a Chelsea top, right? So if someone knocked on your door, right, with an Arsenal top on, right, doesn't matter how good of a salesperson they are, they're, they're, they're on the back foot, right? Yeah, yeah. Or Tottenham, right? Yeah. They're yeah. on the back foot straight away. They... Because, and the reason <laughs> for that is they're different, they're different you on them. So likewise, if someone knocked on my door, I don't know if they're a, a, like a goth, like, you know, like them ones with black hair and like yeah, yeah. black polish and nose rings and all that. And just based on the, unfortunately, based on the way that someone looks, you judge them subconsciously pretty quickly. So if they're different to you, then then it, it's harder to sell them anything. So you've got to come across as likable, smile, eye contact, body language, good tone of voice. If you're selling over the phone, it's all about your voice because they can't see you. But if it's face-to-face, it's how you, 80% of your appearance is how you how you dress, your clothes, to so make sure your clothes are on point. Um, there's loads of psychology behind sales, how you close, how you get referrals and all that. But I think being likable and, and knowing your audience so you come across as similar to them or the same as them or you have common interests or a common ground, I think it's key. Um, there's, there's loads, made to be fair. If yeah, I love it. Specific, sales i could i could certainly uh help you with that but but yeah i love sales man we're all, sit, we're all, all day on. yeah i think it's interesting because well firstly your poor other half must never get to get to eat where she wants to eat because you sell her <laughs> the other restaurant first and foremost but secondly but, 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 go on sorry go on you go you go you go <laughs> so i was gonna say I could win the, the restaurant thing every time, but to be a good partner, it's, it can't just be everything that you want. So 
a lot of the time, happy life, happy wife, and all that thing. Um, so yes, a lot of the time, I I, I, I do what what you meet in the middle, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. For sure, man. Um, Sorry, go on. That's fine. No, no. And then, hold on. I've my trail of thought may have gone. Just give me two seconds. It will come back. Oh yeah, the second so, point was that the phrase like he could sell ice to the Eskimos and all that sort of thing does have yeah, yeah. when people say it, it sen- tends to have uh a negative ring to it like oh he's a second second hand cards car salesman yeah. or he can sell ice to the eskimos but actually when mm-hmm. you think about it like you say sales in life is huge you wouldn't go into somebody's like if somebody if you walked into a restaurant not one of the chain ones but let's just go into like a italian and the the fella at the front's got like a big buoyant personality welcomes you sits you down at the mm-hmm. table that sells, in, if you ask me. If you go into that 100%. restaurant and he's got a proper, like, shit personality, he throws your chair out for you to sit down. He's got a... I know that, obviously, it's a, we're thinking a bit a bit of an extreme example here, but doesn't make doesn't put the effort into you and your family oh, to make right. you feel welcome in the restaurant and stuff. Right. First thing you're going to do is get up and walk out, right? So I think it's, it's huge. And, and, and the other thing that I would definitely agree with you, and I think this is where I've been lucky in the startup of the podcast and my coaching business is that people can relate to my story. And I think that yeah. is one thing that's potentially like, whereas I've started as a beginner, I've maybe started as one level above that just because I have the experience under my belt and people can, like you say, they like your personality. And of course, they can see that you've been where maybe they are at that time. Now, me, you, you bang on there because if people can relate to you, and especially in in most industries, not all, if you've got a story, that's more powerful than a brand. Like a, everyone talks about brand and the importance, and yes, it's important to a degree. But what's more powerful is the people who work there and the story of that business or the, how it came about and their mission and their vision. That's more important than than the brand. But when you talk about the the restaurant thing, that's bang on because in my restaurant, I've I've taught them to do this is very welcoming. Would you like a drink before you sit down? Do you want to sit at the bar first? All that stuff, right? First of all, you make more money because they buy more drinks. If you then go, we've got a special on the board today. Would you like to, to have a look at them? Would you like an extra dessert? Would you like an extra couple of drinks? Do you want us after your meal? Would you like to go and sit in the lounge? Would you like to do this? That's all. If the if the person serving them is grumpy, negative, rude, even if the food's amazing, you won't stay. So so everybody is selling all, all day, every day, in, in in ways that you don't realize. Um, you can't. You're completely spot on. Completely spot on. And and yeah, in in regards to your coaching business and things, people will relate because they maybe want to do something similar to what you've done. Um, and if you're likable enough to then talk about your offering in a way that people like and relate to, then you're going to do well, um, regardless what you do, because people, that's why Elon Musk has got more followers than Tesla. Richard Branson's got more followers than Virgin. Like they, they, they're buying into them. And that's why this personal brand thing, all this content that people are creating now online, some people have got loads and loads of followers right, who are less skilled in that field than others. Some people who are unbelievably skilled and unbelievably knowledgeable in a certain field, but they've got no followers. Then there's someone over there who is less skilled and who is less um, knowledgeable because shitloads of followers. That's because he's more likable than him. Yeah. And he's more relatable than him. And he'll do a lot better financially than him. So so, so being likable, and some people have just naturally got it, haven't they? And some people naturally aren't likable right or yeah. there's some people that you just you just don't like isn't it there's just Can't something like to. that yeah 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 exactly so if you're likable and, and you should this should be taught because how many it happens in in loads of employee jobs there's someone who gets promoted who's not as skilled or not as knowledgeable in that job as someone else but the person who got promoted is because they're better friends with the boss why is that it's because they like the person so they'll give them the promotion over someone else so just being knowledgeable and then being quiet, I don't think is a good a good strategy for anything. You've, you've got to become, and, and I say this to a couple of my guys who I'm coaching, is it doesn't matter how good you are, 
if you're talking about personal brand and certain things yeah but it doesn't matter how good you are it matters how well known you are because if like i say i've used the analogy already but there's people who are less skilled and less knowledgeable and have less ability than others but they, they're doing more than them because they just weren't more well known yeah it's not what you know it's who you know sometimes right definitely definitely and a lot of people have still got this wrong a lot of people just need to embrace who they are i say this to people as well so just be yourself and turn the volume up right like just that. turn it right up just be yourself just be yourself and be you and if people don't like you for being you fuck them get rid of them and just keep being you because people will like you for you so yeah i love that man yeah mate for sure it's something that i think everybody learns eventually like you, you have to learn that in life and you have to embrace that lesson otherwise it will come around and bite you on the ass for sure 100 percent, 100 percent. and the sooner people realize it the better um and yeah there's people achieving more than you and there's a reason why they achieve more um and a lot of the time it's because they're more likable um so yeah. yeah i love it so mate i can't believe we've been going for an hour i normally end episodes with two questions there's gonna be no different today uh the first of the questions is what is the greatest bit of advice in your career that you've been given oh that's a hard one that you know I should really know the answer to that because i've listened to that many podcasts where they ask similar questions i should really yeah, yeah. know but i haven't really given too much thought the best advice um that's the second one and i'll think of that i'll think yeah, of that cool. one as so we... the second question is obviously we're halfway through 2023 what is next for the rest of the year for you and your business and beyond mm -hmm. um the rest of the year i've got some money goals that i want to hit i've got some property goals that i want to hit we've got a new business that we're setting up um i want to i've got more holidays um keep fit I, well, I said this, yeah, I was going to get in the best shape I've ever been in. So I'm on a really low carb diet at the moment. Um, so I want to fulfill that and be in the best shape I've ever been in, which I'm certainly getting there. Amazing. Um, and yeah, just continue to be happy, healthy, wealthy, be a good dad, good partner, good leader, uh, inspire a shitload of people and uh, launch some more courses and, and do some more online stuff. That's for the rest of this year. Um. But at the first on the advice, I'm really struggling. But I've had I've had good like advice on money, and I've had advice on being yourself. I suppose kind of linked to what we just talked about. Someone said that to me years ago. Yeah, that's it. I've got it. So when I was running the financial services business at the start, I was only 24, 25, and I thought because I was running this big business, I needed to be very corporate, and I needed to be someone who i'm not i'm not corporate i don't walk around in flash suits all the time i will for certain meetings but not every day i don't go to the office in a suit but i used to i used to go to the office and try and be really corporate and i was trying to be someone who I, who i wasn't and i think when i was recruiting people into the business they were recruit they were coming to work for me because i thought i was this person but actually i wasn't that person i was this person so i was daft have a laugh have a crack have a joke in the office you know, I'm not dead corporate. I'm not dead serious all the time. But the second someone said to us, just be yourself. And if they don't want to work with, with you or for you because you are this way, then just get rid of them. So then, then I started to just be myself in the office. And actually, as soon as I started to do that, I started to recruit different people. And some people left because they thought I was dead corporate. Got rid of them. I got new people in who are miles better who gelled with me better, but then I became the best leader that I could be because I wasn't trying to be somebody else. And I just was me. And then it just went, poof, and we became the biggest life insurance brokers in the country, probably within two years of making that decision. Wow. Um, and, and I think that was because somebody told us, I can't even remember who, but I remember the conversation on the phone with somebody about just be you, Terry, just be you. And if they don't like working for you or they don't like you, then you don't want them anyway. So just get rid. And I think that applies to everything. Be yourself with your partner. Loads of lads fall into this trap, don't they? They try and tell the girl that there's someone they're not, or they've got oh, this yeah. money, or they do this, they do that. But in reality, that's not fucking true. They'll get found out eventually. Just just be you. Um, 
and everything will start to happen for you. And I think the sooner you do that, the happier you become, but the, the, the more you progress as well. So, yeah. Mate, that's a top note to end on. Uh, it's been a blast recording this with you. I feel like I've found out more about you and where you've come from. And it's been really interesting for me to learn about all those different dynamics behind the man that is Terry Blackburn and where you've come <laughs> today, which is really cool. Where can people come find you if they want to find more about find out more about you and see what you're up to? Yes, yeah, sounds no problems. So um Instagram is Terry underscore Blackburn underscore property. Um same on LinkedIn, same on Facebook, uh, just Terry Blackburn Property. Um I've done two books. One's called Be a Lion, um, on Amazon, one's called The Power of Peace. So um they're both on Amazon and on Audible. Um terryblackburnproperty.com is where I'm launching some of my courses uh, my courses and coaching stuff uh, and the Rags to Riches show on Apple Podcasts is my podcast so um, so yeah plenty of places so I'm sure you'll find us if you, <laughs> if you want to yeah incredible man thank you very much for coming on to the show today mate it's been an absolute pleasure sounds no likewise thank you for having us man I've really enjoyed the chat as well you're welcome <laughs>